giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. Indians call him Sasquatch. They believe he is as gentle as he is powerful and mysterious. He's been seen many times in the rugged mountains and deep woods of the Pacific Northwest. The encounters have not always been peaceful. In 1924, a small group of men were working a mine in a canyon near Mount St. Helens in Washington. One night, the miners took their weapons inside and bolted the door. They thought they were secure for the evening. Outside, something strange was happening. The cabin was under attack. Boulders rained on the roof, and someone, or something, was trying to break in. The miners later described their attackers as large, hairy apes. The siege lasted several hours. escaped injury that night. The area now known as Ape Canyon is one of the many places in the Northwest where man continues his hunt for this elusive creature we call Bigfoot. some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. To the many mysteries we will examine. And that is probably, no it is, it has to, I won't qualify. That is the biggest, longest lead-in for a Sci-Fi Guy podcast, and I felt compelled. I felt completely obligated to play the entire opening of the classic and the unforgettable Leonard Nimoy narrating In Search Of, and that was In Search Of Bigfoot, and that was from 1976. What's really, you know, important for me to now go over is I am a big Squatch fan. I admit I love anything sort of Bigfoot. Maybe not anything, but but pretty much. And I'm not alone. If, if you go online and you, you just Bigfoot, Sasquatch, dozens and dozens. It might be up to hundreds of documentaries, fiction, movies, over and over blogs. So Bigfoot mania is still with us and it is still incredibly powerful. And for me, 
you know, I, why do I, you know, I always go over, like, why do I love <laughs> Bigfoot stuff, Sasquatch? Why is it so fascinating to me? And just recording this podcast right now, just going over this stuff right now, I think I know why. Oh, there's, of course, there's many reasons why we, why we get obsessed over something, right? Why we're really interested to the almost the exclusion of, of other things. I, I do do other things too. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> I'm always searching up new Squatch stuff. But when I was a kid, now this is from the late 70s, you know, 1978 or so. This, this In Search of Leonard Nimoy. That was the shit, boy. That was the show to watch. You know, if you liked anything mysterious and you wanted to go in search of. And that music, how is that opening music? That like, It's one of my favorite theme songs of all time. Because, you know, it gives you that wonder, that mystery we're going to examine. And it's just a catchy tune. It's really a, a catchy song. And so, again, the idea of me being a child in the 70s, watching in search of, you know, and you, and you didn't have, you know, literally... 100, 200 channels and platforms and streaming today. You had like maybe six, maybe 10, 20. PBS, if you throw in in the syndicated channel 9, 5, and, and 11. The point is, I would watch that. And then, and this is what really occurred to me, Bigfoot, Sasquatch on The Six Million Dollar Man and The Bionic Woman, two of my favorite, favorite shows as a child. So two of my favorite action-adventure science fiction shows and they had on Squatch. They brought on the Big B. And and Steve Austin and Jamie Summers, they hung around with the Big B, with Bigfoot, with Sasquatch. They had a native guy in there, you know, in the episode go, Sasquatch. And I was like, oh, they call him, you know, what a cool name. So, you know, many reasons why we love things, right? But for me, I guess it was the 70s were really the Bigfoot decade when he came you know, bursting into the scene more in pop culture, I think. And now, you know, it's his power has not lessened. <laughs> it just has not. I rec I recommended without much, I think, uh, success. One of the greatest, and I'll, and I'll be on record now, is it's called um, Bigfoot Revealed a Flash of Beauty. Bigfoot Revealed a Flash of Beauty. It is excellent. It might be the great the greatest bigfoot documentary of all time obviously the patterson gimlin footage you know the silent i mean that's the you know that's still the holy grail and the old testament the old the bible of bigfoot but in terms of new modern documentaries i think it's about four or five years old bigfoot revealed a flash of beauty it's excellent and cinematography everything about that production is first rate and I just looked it up now. A Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot Revealed presents interviews from researchers and eyewitnesses. The film covers historical accounts of Bigfoot, the significance within the indigenous cultures, and the emotional impact of a Bigfoot experience. So I guess bringing up that doc, bringing up A Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot Revealed, um, is, is really a great focal point for our, you know, our episode today is you know, why should we care? And, you know, I ask in the uh, the write-up, in the text for the podcast is, why should we care about something which still isn't proven? Now, and that that's a big, you know, uh, element to all of this. Uh, really, the, the gorilla in the room, the Bigfoot in the room, 
and I, and I acknowledge, of course, it has not been proven, and it might not. He, she, well, they, of course, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, this uh, gigantopithecus, uh, so, sort of, you could say, you know, man gorilla, you know, missing link, whatever. Maybe they don't exist. Uh, I'm open to that. In fact, you know, the more you think about it. Especially, like they say, even with, say, UFOs or, you know, craft and aliens, we have all these, you know, tech devices. I do uh, most of my podcasting, I do internal mics of my laptops or I do it on my cell phone. And each day we go out into the world and we all have, right, camcorders now and, and audio recorders and top cameras in our pocket all the time. And so why are, you know, why aren't you getting pictures. One of the things from a lot of these documentaries, which is such an important aspect that most people don't really, you know, calculate, is that, I don't know what the psychological term is, but when you are, for lack of a better word or term that I, that I can handle right now and give up to you, is fight or flight. When you are in a situation where you are being threatened, or you feel you're being threatened, you either flee, you, you you book, you get your ass out of there, or you fight, you stay and either try to, you know, overcome the obstacle, the enemy, what have you, you know, this is the way the mind works, the way our survival mechanisms for hundreds of thousands of years, if not millions of years, how we've survived as a species. So, when you're in a situation where you see a quote-unquote Bigfoot, you see this creature, how many people are going to, uh, you know, take their take out their cell phones? How many people are going to whip out that phone or camera? Some, and there there are lots of now little weird, you know, fuzzy, blurry uh, photos and uh, videos. I'm not impressed by a lot of them. There is one or two that look really authentic. It's very dark. You can barely see, you know, the shape. But... This, this creature is moving. Maybe it is a man in a suit. It's certainly not a bear. You know, again, I can't name the, the photographers here, the uh, videographers. But you can see a big, large, dark, hairy creature booking in, in, you know, in the forest, in the trees, up a hill, this one. And it's really memorable. And, you know, there's no way it's a bear or anything else. So, but... But the bottom line is, you know, I'm trying to say about the, the the import. What's the importance of this? And I think that, you know, all these Bigfoot hunters and, and, and you know, pursuers or aficionados is this mystery, this unknown, this creature, if it does exist, is so close to our species. It is so close to Homo sapiens, to our biology, our... our uh, maybe genetic structure, if it walks on two legs like we do, if it, you know, appears, people who have seen this creature, you know, say five or ten feet away, so close, are like, the face is so human, it's sort of hairy, it's certainly not, you know, it's not going to win any any beauty pageants, but it is human-esque, so to speak, it's humanoid. So if that's the case, and these dozens, if not hundreds of witnesses who have seen the creature close up are being honest or not, are not high or crazy or, you know, hoaxers. There's some importance. There's definitely some importance here. And of course, you know, we can talk about this. I could talk about it for, for many, many hours or days even. 
we have uh, sort of limited time, I'll, I'll definitely want to schedule at least one or two more uh, episodes, maybe get a guest on. I'd love to to interview uh, Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. And for you Sasquatch fans and aficionados, you know who I, I'm talking about. He's a respected college professor, and he believes Bigfoot exists. One of the things that is so convincing to him, he's a he's an expert on um, primate locomotion. So humans and, and, and apes, chimpanzees, monkeys, gorillas, what have you, how primates and, you know, our, our species and our cousin species, how we walk, how we move. And so many of his, you know, points of proof, so to speak, his evidence, he has casts of the, you know, footprints of a quote-unquote Sasquatch creature, whatever it is. And one of the things that's so compelling is because since he's an expert on locomotion, when he looks at a cast, he's like, there's no way anyone could hoax this. Or to, in order to hoax something like this, you would have to be an expert like he is. And to me, the, the logic, the searing, uncompromising, compelling logic is why will people continue to hoax? I know there's been hoaxers. In fact, the whole, I think, you know, way the Bigfoot term and nickname came about was from a family of hoaxers. They existed. I think it was a, a dad and his sons. They did hoax. They made big wood, Bigfootish feet, and they did hoax. True. But my, my, again, you know, you know, logical problem with this is so, so people like this are still doing it. They keep on hoaxing, I guess. They keep on running around to remote areas of, of the forest and they keep on hoaxing. I think it's very unlikely. I think it's incredibly remote. It is, and say, say maybe 20, 30, even say 50% of that, the tracks are hoaxes. I'll even give you that. So you could have as high as say 40, 50% that are not. That, that someone like Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum says, they, you can't hoax this. Or if you do, if you can, I want to meet you because you know as much or more about me than locomotion. You know, And obviously, I'm not an expert. Dr. Meldrum, I would love to have him on to explain it. The way he says the, you know, the, the impressions, the weight. Like, for example, if you take a cast of a hoaxed foot, so to speak, a hoaxed footprint, it would be convincing to maybe you and I, civilians, to... But to him, when he does his measurements and his calculations, it wouldn't be, or it would be so close to him knowing it's a fake. So we're going to definitely talk more about this, but of course I can't uh, end the episode without mentioning what the Patterson-Gimlin film. That's the holy grail, sort of still the, the Big B Bible, the Bigfoot Bible. From the wiki, Patterson-Gimlin film, also known as just the Patterson film or the PGF, I like PGF, is an American short motion picture of an unidentified subject that the filmmakers claim was a Bigfoot. The footage was shot in 67, 1967 in Northern California and has since been subjected to many attempts to authenticate or debunk it. Now, this is the key. Has, been, has since been subjected to many attempts to authenticate or debunk. So neither. They, no one has been able to properly debunk it definitively. All right. And then no one has been able to, quote unquote, authenticate it. And there's experts on other of either side, on both sides, zoologists, biologists, uh, you know, like Dr. Meldrum. I think he's a kinesthesi kinesthesiologist or, you know, locomotion expert. 
They even went to people like the late Stan Winston, who made, you know, so many great special effects, Pumpkinhead, Predator. He even did Harry and the Hendersons, the, the Bigfoot film. I think he said, I'm pretty sure that he thinks it was maybe hoax, but it was a brilliant one. It was a brilliant suit. So, you know, I, again, um, the footage was filmed alongside Bluff Creek, about 25 logging road miles northwest of Orleans, California. Uh, the filmmakers were Roger Patterson and Bob Gimblin. Uh, Patterson died in 1972 and maintained right to the end that the creature on the film was real, that he did not hoax it. Patterson's friend Gimblin has always denied being involved in any part of a hoax with Patterson. Gimblin has mostly avoided publicity, but in 2005, he started to give interviews. The film is uh, 23 by 23.85 uh, 23 feet and it runs about 59.5 seconds. Grover Krantz, an, an expert, uh, believes the event uh, believes uh, that the event lasted 53 seconds, and they're you know they're talking about how how long the film and the and the um, running time. And you know, so I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're interested. You probably have seen, I don't know about you, I've seen it dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of times, and it always fascinates me. Because whenever I watch it, I always see something maybe slightly new. And now with our technology, with the computers, with the digital cleanup tools that almost everyone has access to now, there's several. There's, um, I believe his name is M.K. Davis, and he's done an amazing you know, restoration of this and just cleaned it up totally. So you see so many details on this creature. And if it's a suit, wow, what a suit. You can see all these muscles bulging and, and, and you know, walking and moving with this creature or man in a suit. So if it's a man in a suit, unbelievable work. If not, we got a creature on our hands. We got an unidentified squatch. Want to thank you guys for listening, and I want to thank you for being Squatch fans like me. Because if you're listening, you must be. Um, and we'll get to the bottom. I I hope we find out what what if it really exists. One of the sad things and scary is one of the people in in a Flash of Beauty Bigfoot reveal says that the saddest part is that if we do prove it, so many people will go out to try to kill them. And I think that's really, of course unsettling and very depressing but you could argue right now people are out there there's a documentary just about the hunters you know just about guys going out to hunt bigfoot and none of them have been successful but they keep trying again thanks for listening thanks for being a squatch fan and go watch more bigfoot docs because there's so many you can't count them we'll see you soon